The sermon this afternoon is based on Lord's Day 38, where it says what is required in the fourth commandment. Might be good that we read the fourth commandment before we go to Lord's Day 38. Fourth commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now let's turn to Lord's Day 38, where we as church confess the following. What does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel in the schools be maintained, and that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in today's Christian world, there are not too many churches that observe the Sunday the way we do it. Two services, two sermons. We expect all members who are able to be present. That is becoming unique. We say in today's world, for it was not so unique. As a matter of fact, all churches of Lutheran, Reformed, Presbyterian, and other backgrounds observed this day in a very similar fashion. The Presbyterian standards are even much more explicit how the Sunday is to be observed. Predominant Christian nations in the past also in their legislation prescribed the observance of the day of the Lord. Whether you were a Christian or not, it was a day of rest. Canada also used to have the Lord's Day Act. Now today's picture is quite different. The mad rush continues seven days a week. Many people have to go to work. Shopping malls are busy. Restaurants have a good day. Traffic is heavy. The Lord's act is a thing of the past. Now some pockets and more conservative parts of our country resisted for some time. 
but had to give in to public pressure. The churches in general protested, protested for a while, but what can they say since many of their members they did not observe the day of the Lord anymore either by going to church and gratefully made use of the opportunities to shop and to eat out, travel, do their entertainment on the day of the Lord. How is all that affecting us? Are we still unique in our observance of the Sunday? Is it still a day of the Lord, kept holy by us? Holy is set aside for the Lord. Or are we given into the trend as well, becoming a bit more relaxed about the observance of this day? The temptation, the temptation is always there that we are pulling, being pulled along with the mainstream. In some of our churches, the attendance in the afternoon is also quite different than in the morning service. Is that a symptom of a certain trend? We all need to be reminded of what the Lord requires of us in this commandment about the Sabbath. Also, with respect to faithful and diligent attendance of the church services. Sunday observance is a serious matter for yourself, for the church, for the future of the church, yes, also for our nation. The Bible is very clear on that. It is for your own good as well that the Lord gave us this fourth commandment about the Sabbath. I preach to you as the theme Remember the day of rest to keep it holy. Um, we will see first, you are to remember it. Secondly, celebrate it. And thirdly, anticipate the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day, the Lord said on Mount Sinai. Remember, that means it was already there. It goes back a long, long way. Even if before the journey through the desert, we do not read much about the observance of this day. But the version of the law, as we find it in Exodus 20, clearly refers back to the days of creation, the very beginning. Why should we remember? And then the reason is given in verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. And then the reason is, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. True, in the version of Deuteronomy 5, there is an additional reason given for the observance of this day namely their deliverance from Egypt. As we read there, you shall remember that you were slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm 
Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. But that second reason would not undo the first. You could say that there is a moral and a ceremonial aspect to the Sabbath. The ceremonial aspect would then fall in the category of the other ceremonial feasts and celebrations. Sometimes in the Old Testament, they're even mentioned together with the, other, the Sabbath with the other feast days, like in Leviticus 23. Those that were, which were not continued in the New Testament. Paul also speaks about that aspect of the Sabbath as belonging to the shadows of the Old Testament, which are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But the moral aspect, going back to creation, that is God's basic institution, which has not changed. That's valid for all people of all times, and therefore correctly has its place in the ten words of the covenant. This is still God's will, still God's guide for all of humanity. That is how they are to show God's image. And so we are to show his image by remembering and observing this day of rest. Think here also what Jesus said about the Sabbath. He said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath in Mark 2. Note well, it was made for man, not just for God's people, Israel, or his believers, but it was from the beginning for man, for all of the human race. The Sunday, the Sabbath, is not a human institution. It is not just a Christian holiday, holy day, and therefore it cannot be delegated to just another special day like all people have their special days. Oh, some people, they may still support it just for the reason of physical needs to have a break, a rest, or the desirability to have a family day once a week. But those are secondary reasons. The primary and the basic reason is that it is God's institution. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his works that he had done in creation, Genesis 2. God blessed it. That means he set that day to be a blessing, and he hallowed it, which means that he set it apart to be a holy day, a day for his special service. You may also take these two together, God gave this day of rest so that you, by hallowing this day, keeping it holy, as you would be blessed. And that is what we are to remember and make sure that it is remembered also in the broader circle. 
you heard it in the commandment, even servants, visiting foreigners, cattle, were to observe that day. And there you see again that it was not just a ceremonial day like the other feast days. That aspect was also there, but there is certainly also a lasting, permanent element which goes back to the very beginning, the creation. And God warns us that forgetting about the special character of this day means despising a real blessing of the Lord. Now, in Genesis 2, it's emphasized that God rested because the work of creation was done. It was completed. We heard it, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Genesis 2, verses 1 and 2. Now that resting is obviously not a matter of getting some rest, having a break. God doesn't need that. But it is a rejoicing in his completed work, seeing that it all was good. And that rest also on the eighth, continued also on the eighth day and following God did not continue to create things, yet God set this one weekly day aside and calls us to do the same. We need this constant reminder in order to be more and more prepared and equipped for the lasting rest which is coming, Hebrews 4. The Sabbath is like a road sign. That's where we are going, to the eternal Sabbath. The Sabbath is indeed made for man, as Jesus said, to be a blessing, to draw us closer to God when it is truly hallowed, that is, a day set apart for God. And that does happen, too, when we do remember and observe it, as the Bible taught us. Now, throughout the ages, there have always been assaults on this day of rest from the Old Testament and onwards. The one was a legalistic approach to this day. When it becomes a day full of restraints and rules, the blessing of the Sabbath was to be earned by keeping those rules but those rules often conflicted with the true blessing of the Sabbath as a day of healing. Think of the Pharisees in the time of Jesus. The other way of undermining the observance of this day is ignoring the fact that God hallowed, set it apart, this day for his service. It became a day for the people for self-centered purposes. The Lord and his service became secondary. My entertainment, my pleasure comes first. But basically, then there would be very little difference between 
a Saturday off or a Sunday, except that people then still maybe, maybe make some room to go to church if they even do that. Now, it seems that the latter approach is the predominant attitude in today's world, even often in the Christian segments. And I'm afraid that this could easily infect us as well. As long as I go to church, even if it is only once, it doesn't matter too much what I do the rest of the Sunday. But is that really remembering and observing the Sabbath day? It struck me how, for example, in the larger catechism of the Presbyterian standards, it stressed how it should be remembered as as the whole day. When it says in their catechism or standards, the Sabbath, O Lord's Day, is to be sanctified by a holy resting all the day, even from such worldly employments and recreations as are on other days lawful, and making it our delight to spend the whole time except in between bracks, except so much of it is to, as it's to be taken up in works of necess- necessity and mercy in the public and private exercises of God's worship the whole day. Yes, it even speaks about the necessity of preparing yourself for the Sabbath beforehand quote from their standards, that you may be the more free and fit for the duties of that day. Now, unfortunately, many Presbyterians don't live up to their confession anymore either. But see, what's confessed there is remembering and observing the day. The public worship service is only part of, it, of the day. But, but it's also stressed it should be the private exercise of God's worship. Use the Sabbath to be busy with the things of the kingdom of God. So much of which we do not get around to on the other days of the week. Because we are too busy with our work and family and our own entertainment, It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Psalm 92, we read, was called a song for the Sabbath. And it also spoke about declaring God's steadfast love in the morning, in his faithfulness, by night. In other words, that's the theme of the whole day. Don't lose this gift of the Lord. Don't lose that privilege to which the Lord attached such a blessing. Churches, people, nations who lose that day of rest as the day of the Lord also lose that blessing of the Sabbath. It is God himself who blessed this day, who hallowed it. Remember that, and therefore observe it 
faith flees. Now, how are we to remember it and how are we to keep it holy? What characterizes this day of rest, which since the New Testament has been called on the, or celebrated on the first day of the week? That is the day of the resurrection, when Christ completed his work of recreation, his work of redemption from the house of bondage of sin. How do we remember? How do we celebrate? We celebrate the work of God. We rejoice in all that he has made and done for us. We stop the daily rush and we review who God is and what he has done for us. Resting certainly is not just the absence of activity, like sleeping, but he who observes the day of the Lord can still be busy, but the focus is only on God. It is a day when we reorientate ourselves, reinforce our relationship and life with and for God, who has done such marvelous things for us as people. And so here in this Lord's Day of the Catechism, as we confess what the Lord requires of us, we speak about all the things that we ought to be doing in order to observe and celebrate this day. And it starts by answering, first, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. Now, in order to remember and in order to celebrate we are to know who God is and what he has all done for us. We are to know his words. And how would we know unless it is proclaimed to us in the ministry of the gospel, Romans 10? For this day to be remembered, we ought to make sure that the ministry of the word is maintained. And that, therefore, there are schools for people to prepare themselves as ministers of the word. We need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But we are to see to it that our children and our grandchildren will hear this as well. And all faithfulness to God's revealed will. And so the churches have seen it as their duty to maintain the theological seminary, like we have, for example, in Hamilton. And all members do their part in supporting this, also financially. It speaks about the schools in this answer. Well, since you cannot go to the seminary without previous schooling, and preferably Christian schooling, one may by implication also think here of other schools as well. Throughout the ages, the Sabbath and the day of the Lord has been observed by having a holy assembly of God's people, where from scriptures the wonderful deeds of our God and Father are proclaimed. And so in the Catechism we continue to confess 
that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God. Especially on the day of rest, we may do it more often. Twice on the Sunday is certainly not the maximum. And there are places where God's people faithfully come together at other times as well. Well, during the week, we may be too busy. But on the day of rest, we confess here, we will diligently attend the church of God. Why wouldn't we? It's the day of the Lord, after all. He blessed, he hallowed this day of rejoicing for his people. And each one who has made this confession his own here confesses that God requires in the fourth commandment that he or she diligently attends the church of God, especially on the day of rest. And that to us is true and prime celebration of the first day of the week. Diligently, brothers and sisters, That means that I go out of my way to, at, to attend church as often as the consistory in the name of the Lord calls us together in worship. And even two services make up only a part of the day while the whole day is dedicated to and hallowed by the Lord. What better way to remember, to observe this day than by coming together as his people to worship, to glorify him. Think of the Sabbath song that we read. It is good, good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to his name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. See, that is our real motivation for coming together in worship. And that is also the theme of every worship service. To hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings for the poor. We come to hear God's word. We want to again hear what he has done for us. That is what makes us happy. That is what makes us sing for joy. Surely that is there every day. But we need this first day of the week's celebration to strengthen us in this spiritual celebration of every day of the week. We hear of God's love, God's faithfulness, in spite of what sin has done to us and the world. We want to be strengthened in our faith by the Lord himself, by the use of the sacraments, and together as church of God, we all call upon him in prayer to praise and glorify him, to confess our sins 
ask for forgiveness to bring our needs and those of the world before the throne of grace. We give offerings for the needy so they are also able to rejoice together with us, unhindered by physical needs that trouble them. We celebrate the healing of life. We rejoice in the renewal of life, the resurrection from the dead in Jesus Christ. See, brothers and sisters, if all that is the focus of this day, then we shouldn't be too concerned about what we are all allowed to do for ourselves on this day. But rather, our focus should be, what else can we do for the Lord? What other ways can we do to serve the cause of the kingdom? How else can we be meaningful to others? That is what this day is for as well. You receive mercy and grace on that day, but it's also a great day to show mercy to those who are in need, the lonely, the ill, or the depressed. Let your focus be on loving God and loving your neighbor. That is, after all, the summary of the whole law, also the fourth commandment. And of course, your neighbor, that includes your family as well, for which you may run out of time during the week. The point is that many of our questions about Sunday revolve around ourselves. How can I get the most out of it? But the first question is, what does God get out of me? What do I mean for my neighbor? And that way, the keeping of this holy day becomes a real blessing to us as well as others. And as our last point, there's also a strong element of anticipation in remembering and observing the Sabbath day. For after all, this is only a very small beginning it directs and it leads us to the eternal Sabbath. And these weekly celebrations are milestones on the road to the eternal rest. And that is reflected in the second part of this answer, when it says, second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works, let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Hebrews 4 also speaks about this anticipated rest that remains for God's people. And it says in chapter 4, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his even as God sees the work of creation on the seventh day, so we are to rest from evil works, not only on the Sabbath, but as we confess here, all the days of our life. And we will, if we only let the Lord work in us through the Holy Spirit. That is why we need these Sundays, 
why we need this day of rest. That is why this day is such a blessing if, if observed in a way pleasing to the Lord. If this day is truly a holy day. These days, they're like rest areas along the road. Along the road of life. That's where we get refreshed, where we get nourished. And we check the map to ascertain that we are on the right way. God said that you needed these rests. Remember, observe. Take time to give thanks to me. Praise me as church of God. It will be a real blessing to you. It will keep you holy and thankful. God, your heavenly Father, rested on this day. Would you, as his children, then not rest? Would you not want to show his image in death as well? And this is how he will lead you to the eternal Sabbath, when we may rest from all that is evil in this life, all that exhausts us here, all that makes life difficult and hinders us from living a full life. Treasure this precious gift of the Lord's day and let no one and nothing take this away from you, for it is God's institution to his glory and your benefit. Thankful children of God, take time to celebrate, to give thanks, and they consider it a great privilege that in our country we may still enjoy this God-given day and faithfully and diligently go to church under the protection of the authorities. Yes, it may be unique to observe the Sunday as a holy day, but that is as it was in the beginning. That is how God intended all people to live. And brothers and sisters, God knows best. It is an act of his divine love to you that he gave you this day. Amen.